You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin our proceedings here today by calling out to the helping spirits. So I call out first to your ancestors and to mine. I call out to all that is good and true and beautiful in those legacies. And I call out to those who lived and died well and carry that legacy for the living, that we might reach back and learn from those who have gone before us. I call out to these ancestors to gather around us here today to help us to learn and to grow, to draw support and to feel a deep, deep sense of belonging. And as we reach into that expansion of our own sense of groundedness, may we have ever greater courage to step forward into the challenges of our own time and to bring our gifts out in full manifestation, in full view in the world. And as these ancestors are gathering around us here today, let's reach beyond the humans and open our awareness to our relationship with all living things. To those aspects of this great web of life here on this planet that were here long before there were people and will be here long after. We call out to these non-human ancestors all the way back to the beginning, to the elemental energies. And we ask them to be here with us to help us to remember, to deeply, deeply remember and understand our true nature as humans so that we can step ever more fully and completely into the potential and the power of humanity. We call out to these helping spirits to help us to understand our place in the great web of life and to live into that place with such power and beauty that everything that is part of the great web of life is that made ever stronger and is connected ever more beautifully in the currents of that love. And as all of these different helping spirits are gathering around us, let us take responsibility to gather ourselves, gathering our awareness from wherever it might be and drawing it into our head, drawing it from our head to our heart, from our heart to our belly, and sending it down to the earth and down through the earth, through all the layers of the earth, as you let your gratitude begin to pour out for the wonder and magic of this day. Gratitude for all that has been in your life that has brought you to this moment. Gratitude for all that is in this moment and gratitude for all that will be. And we give thanks for that which is obvious and beautiful and we're deeply grateful for and thanks for the challenges, even some of the poison present in our world that we might learn to transmute that energy and become through that work a truer, more essential, more authentic version of the men and the women that we came here to be. So we give thanks for it all, to the wonder and the beauty and the diversity and the simple magic of life itself. And with deep gratitude to the earth for giving us this home, this place for this great and wondrous journey to unfold, we give gratitude to the earth and we tune in to these energies that draw their strength, their magic, their power from darkness, from stillness, from silence, and from solitude. Then we take a moment and reach deeply into these energies that nourish and restore, that which rises up to the surface to give that source energy that then turns into the abundance and the diversity and the beauty that is required here for life on earth. So we give gratitude to that energy that is before. And we draw that energy up into our lives, drawing it up through all the layers of the earth and into our bodies. We draw this energy in that we might have a better sense of who we are and where we stand and what we stand for and let the energies of the earth teach us how to ground into that energy. And as we open our life here to the world, let us open our home, open our table to those who are other than we are and let us learn from these people that see the same things we do in different ways 
And may we remember how to have a respectful conversation that allows us to meet those ideas we would never have met and to be well met and in that grow, change, think new things and become, again, even better versions of ourselves. And with the energy of the earth, let us learn about ourselves and that inner connection within ourselves and bring that into right relationship. May we come into right relationship with those around us, right relationship with our environment, physical and so important, and right relationship with the invisible world. And as we come into right relationship with all these things, may we come into better relationship with ourselves. And from this place, from this sense of connecting in ourselves to this great oneness, this great web of life, may we begin to reach up from our belly to our heart and our heart to our mind, drawing the earth energy up as we go, drawing it all the way up to the highest power of the universe, moving out through the sky and the weather it holds for you, out through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos, reaching all the way up and drawing the earth's energy up to connect above to the highest power of the universe. And by whatever way you know this energy, whatever name you call it, connect to it. Let it connect to you and begin to draw this energy down. Drawing down the radiant golden energy of the divine light from above in whatever way you understand it, invite it in. So that you draw into yourself and into your day into these proceedings, the energy of blessing and protection, the energy of benevolence of our universe, and let these energies move in you in ways that support commitment and devotion to what it is that you have come here to do. As we call this energy in, we open ourselves to receive inspiration and illumination and to feel the great beneficence of the entire universe. And we call this energy in, drawing it into ourself, drawing it into our heart, into our belly and sending it down to the center of the earth and allowing these two great energies, these first ones, the energies of the earth and sky, ancient, ancient ancestors to connect in their intimate relationship and let the big love that comes from these two energies aligned and united within us, let that big love awaken the spirit of your own human heart, opening up to your own capacity for love and transformation. And let that crucible of transformation that exists in your heart come online and draw up the fiery passions of your belly, drawing down the crystal clarity of your mind and letting these two very, very different energies come together in the heart. And in that dynamic tension, may they give birth to that third and most sacred thing, a deep, deep understanding of why you are here. Perhaps just an inkling, perhaps just a sensation. But whatever it is, may you sense it and know it as true and call out to these energies to help you to do something in this day, large or small, to bring those gifts into the world. And for all the spirit help that we all have, whether we use it or not, but to all that spirit help, I am deeply grateful. May what needs to be said be said and what needs to be heard be heard. And may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I'd like to give a special thank you here uh, for Renata, Emily, Melissa, and Colin, Barbara, Julie, and all of the other listeners who have donated financially to the show. My Shamanism Now is listener-supported, and there are bills that have to get paid to keep the show and its archives available um, and free on the internet to everyone, and I am deeply grateful for those of you who are moved by the show in some way, whether you are moved into delight and inspiration or irritation and frustration. I invite you to know that you have been moved in your heart and to do that most fundamental of shamanic things, which is to allow that which motivates your heart to then move you into action in the world. And uh, please do something. You know, large or small, to help the show to grow. And we are deeply grateful for even the humblest of financial donations. We are deeply grateful for the actions that you take to spread the news of uh, why shamanism now out there in the world so that those who are looking can find what it is that they need. For all the many, many things that you do to help the show to grow, I am deeply grateful. It all matters. It all keeps the show vital and alive. And it all helps to keep the show actually on the air. So for deep, deep gratitude to all of you for all that you do, I give thanks. So we are alive today. And if you have questions about today's topic, which is part two of our 2017 winter-summer solstice fire preparation, fire ritual preparation, 
if you have questions, you can call in at 512-772-1938, or you can Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site if you're listening live, or you can always email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. So this is week two, um, so part two of the preparation for our 2017 winter or summer solstice fire ritual. So with Why Shamanism Now listeners spread literally around the globe, we are hoping to unite as one and empower each other's ritual work. So even as you're preparing and sifting through what are some rather dense shows, complex um, ideas from the teachers in our preparation, as you're sifting through that, Keep your heart open, if you will, to that global community, that global connection. Um, As clearly as you can, visualize this web of human light and yourself stepping into connection with it. And in this way, perhaps we can use this ritual as a gateway to leave our old stories behind. And together we can step into the empowered sovereignty that is at the heart of humanity and learn to better tend our own inner flame as we go forward into the months and years ahead. So to catch us up, uh, in week one, uh, the healer offered us guidance, uh, saying that this solstice opportunity is for endings and beginnings, and that we were guided by the healer to work with our helping spirits to stir up our stories. Meaning, obviously, what is shaping our sense of reality, how we understand ourself and ourself in the world and the world. And so last week's um, offering from Healy was really just a whole bunch of questions to get in and start questioning that which you simply take as reality. And the healer said that my counsel is about tending your own inner fire, that this is no one's job but your own. No one gives you your power. No one gives you your sovereignty. You don't have to take it. You already have it. And you have to own what is yours and step up into it. These, power and sovereignty, are your birthright. They are the human fire shared by all. And I would add shared equally by all. And so the work here ahead of us is to learn to tend the flame of your full heart when your inner fire is well tended says the healer the actions that flow from it are humane they are empowered and they express your sovereignty and honor and support the sovereignty in others okay so that's last week You can see them in the archives at whyshamanismnow.com or at co-creatornetwork.com. They're on iTunes as well, but I don't know how to search for things there. Anyway, they're all over the place if you need them. And the the work the healer gave us to do was simply a bunch of questions to get in, to get us to start stirring what we take as sort of the jello of reality and let us begin to see that that is not a consistent a substance, reality, that it is actually woven of the stories that we tell ourselves. And so what I mean by stories is really this habit of thoughts that run around in our mind. And we all do this, myself, everyone. We really don't function, actually, if we don't have stories in our mind. And that we basically tell ourselves these stories that then shape our reality. And since reality has layers, then what we're exploring really in preparation for this particular solstice fire is that you also have layers of stories. It's not like there's just one clean narrative that shapes your whole world, especially as contemporary people. I think um, if we look back at pre-contact indigenous cultures, I I believe that you see a lot of consciousness of that technology of how story shapes reality and um, how uh, dysfunctional, if you will, human beings can get if they have too many layers of stories that then start to compete with each other and don't really align the stories themselves don't layers of the stories don't align well and help the person move cleanly in the world and since this is an aspect of contemporary western culture that's um 
got a lot of complex vectors coming in at it to change it. Um, we are in a situation where our stories have stories, have stories that are built on other stories and stories. And so there's many, many layers. And this is what the teachers are trying to help us to dig into um, through the preparation and to help us to stop seeing them as stories we tell ourselves and just accept as reality and begin to recognize them again as as a story, which then allows us to choose. It allows us to choose whether or not we believe in that story, if we want to change that story, or we want to stop telling that story entirely. And so the point, of course, is that everyone has stories, that it isn't that good stories make good people. This is actually the teachers reaching out to people um, who are real, who are good people. And because of that, they're really challenged by what is going on right now in the world. And I hear people all the time that are grieving to the point of not being able to function about what is going on in the world. They, many people are depressed and crushed, especially here in the United States. Every day, something else arises that gives people a reason to just kind of collapse in on their feelings of impotence and the inability to affect change. Um, and what the teachers through these through this fire ritual are wanting to give this person, this kind of person, an opportunity to see the stories that are keeping this person from truly feeling their innate power and sovereignty and making their medicine for this world that so so dearly needs it. Um, stories are about the person you know that perceives they're doing well, they're working hard, they're doing so much. But deeper, if they have that momentary pause, when all of a sudden they don't have six things to do, if they tune in, there is not this feeling of rich satisfaction from a job well done. And the teachings are the teachers are asking us to look at our actions and see what our life is actually creating. And to look back and to assess and recognize that we can change the stories that are shaping that kind of life. And this is also stories. Looking at stories is also for the person who's already written the whole thing off. We're all just going to go to hell in a handbasket. You know, it's kind of over and done. I can't do anything and I'm just along for the ride. It's for that person as well to look at the stories that shape that sense of self and that sense of the world and that sense of that self in the world. So there's a lot of layers. And for those of you that this is kind of a new idea for and want to dive directly into that going forward, um, there is a man, Carl Greer, C-A-R-L. G-R-E-E-R, Carl Greer, who is one of many people that have written well about this idea that is basically overly simplified into, simplified into change your story, change your life, um, change your story, change your mind. But what I like about Carl's work is it's already um, creating the link between what can essentially be a psychological process and linking it into a shamanic process and in particular a shamanic process that works with nature. And so you can find Carl Greer on the internet if you're interested in exploring this idea of stories more deeply. Um, and I also wanted to um, lift up here that I've, I'm already <laughs> receiving questions from listeners, um, particularly listeners who have the the goal to um, step up and hold space um, with others in their local community to um, work on this solstice fire together as a group, to do the preparation together perhaps, certainly to do the fire ceremony or fire ritual um, together. And um, one of these listeners has written in this uh, question. She says that in my experience – some who come to ceremony do so with the expectation of radical change. That is with the intention to engage in ritual. And so she's – this listener is talking about um, an idea that I share periodically on why shamanism now. This is part of what the helping spirits have taught me how to understand as a shamanic practitioner – these kind of big power tools we have to call spirit into our life to help in a big way. And one is ritual, which we would call in to ask spirit to help us to create change, radical change. 
And the other is ceremony in which we call spirit in to help us to reinforce a status quo that we have fallen away from or or just a status quo we want to maintain and sustain in our lives. And, And I'm not saying one is an option for healing and one isn't. They both are options for healing, but it depends on kind of a sophisticated discernment for what are we actually trying to do here? What's the function of this um, shamanic act in essence? And so what this listener is looking at is how contemporary people who are deeply starved for both ritual and ceremony, and and that is that is certainly true for us as contemporary Westerners, that they just – we want to do everything and we want all of it to be profound and all of it to – create radical change and i and i think the only thing that we can do is is educate each other and begin to educate ourselves even with ritual it's important to remember that the ritual starts the change it sets the change in motion it isn't the culmination of the change and so the the more deeply and thoroughly you prepare for a ritual the more deep and thorough that change is that you can set in motion um, you can fly in by the seat of your pants and participate in a ritual and still receive that kind of radical change that you're looking for. However, the the depth and breadth of that change will most likely not be the the at the of the same caliber as someone who has who also surrenders just as you do at the ritual, but has pr- really prepared themselves deeply to give give over in a deep way. So. Part of the job, I think, whenever we are holding space, even as uneducated as you might feel, let's say this is the first time you are saying, all right, I'm going to hold space for my friends. We all listen to why shamanism now and we all talk about it. So why don't we do this? I'll hold space. You know, So even for that person who's doing it for the first time, it's important to help remind people that um, are they coming for a ritual? Are they coming for a ceremony? what to expect in that, and even with ritual, to always constantly remind people it's the beginning of the change. It's the actions you take as you leave the ritual that really manifest that outcome that you're looking for. So the another question that's come in is um, – has to do with an aspect of what the healer shared in the first show, which was last week in that preparation. And and part of what the healer was trying to get us to do was to see our inner fire, a particular inner fire being referred to, which has a lot to do with the qualities of the human heart. And it is a birthright fire. And it is this fire that um, is – seems sort of like a triangle in these journeys that I'm taking where one side is your humanity, the other side is your sovereignty, and then the other side is your power or your innate empowerment. And that when these three things are um, engaged and embodied in your life, that inner fire burns steadily, burns true. It inspires all of your actions. Um, And there was a comment made by the healer to discern the distinction between these fires, even if they're sputtery or problematic in some way, and an actual false fire um, that would be a false expression of self, um, excessive, false, um, stagnant, um, which are pretty typical. Well, for example, in the United States right now, a lot of what the United States is manifesting um, that is problematic on the big screen are false, false fires. And there was a comment made that um, these are so deeply based in old stories that they really can't be transformed anymore um, directly, like from a false fire to a true fire. They can't go from fire to fire. That these false fires will need to be sunk deeply into the true yin. And one aspect of true yin energies is emotion. So this was from last week's show and what this listener heard uh, in that was that we must deeply ritually grieve and she's asking is it possible that others may be informed to understand that grieving especially in ritual and community is an effective way to sink into the true yin and and i agree with this statement um 
And I think this whole concept of false fires and true fires is really interesting. Um, and it's not where the teacher is really taking us um, in this ritual. That it's not, it's not the point, actually, of this ritual. That the point is really to gather these other fires that are capable of being transformed at this time into to because they are the fires that are really about tending that true inner flame. And the healer was really just asking us to stir our stories and to set some of the big issues out there on the horizon for something that you would be better able to deal with when you're actually operating with your empowerment and sovereignty intact. Um, And so the healer is just asking us to stir our stories um, that we tell about reality so that we can see um, what we don't usually bother to see because it's normal or it's reality. And so then the warrior this week now is asking us to sort through those stories. They've been stirred. We can now see them as stories. They're not just the jello of reality. They're now separate stories all woven together in this crazy tapestry of you. And the warrior is asking us now to begin to sort through. And so we're sorting through these stories with different um, sieves, different gauge different um, ways of kind of sorting through this body of stories, looking for the things that are really going to allow us to transform around these particular issues of power and our expressive expression of power in the world and our sovereignty, which has a lot to do with our right uh, to claim our own space, to maintain our space as we choose to, and to express ourselves in the world. And so the warrior then is asking us to sort these stories from this perspective of curiosity and compassion for ourselves. There's no judgment in any of this. Actually, if you start judging yourself about these stories, you're going to get totally bogged down. And so there's no judgment about what you find in yourself or others. This is just about discernment. It's just about being curious. If you find yourself being judgmental, shift your inner language um, to, you know, isn't that interesting I'm a woman who is angry about blah, blah, blah versus I can't believe I'm so angry about blah, 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 being really judgmental with yourself about it. Just be interested. Be curious about it because as we sift through these layers of stories, you're going to find some really fascinating and odd connections of inner logic in these stories. And so it's really important to stay curious and compassionate to yourself as you look also not just at the stories but the actions in your life that come out of the stories and so while the healer said look at your stories and stir them and now that that's moving the warrior's saying actually now let's look at your actions because the actions are what what result from our stories and so actions can often show us stories we're unwilling to see when we first look and so we're looking at in essence, the same big old body of energy within us from the beginning, the story, and from the, the result of the story, the end, the actions. And we're looking at both and we're kind of sifting things back and forth and so that we can continue to shift down layer after layer after layer. And these are all, of course, ultimately stories about using our power. So then the next step that's going to come next week is the council of the teacher leader is to, in essence, draw this trickstery net through all of this big, big body of energy that we've looked at from the, with the healer's ideas and with the warrior's ideas, which I haven't quite shared yet. But anyway, my point is next week is then to, to use this trickstery net to sift through that big ocean of energy and catch the big fish. <laughs> And it's these energies that are then going to get worked over again, trickster style, um, to find this cast of inner characters um, that are holding the deep stories that we're really looking for to make change this winter. Um, And so there's just a whole nother layer. So just – Follow along, sift your stories, do the journeys, just keep keep moving through this energy with the guidance of these teachers. It is a little bit complex, I admit, um, but that is the nature of this trickster net that we're trying to get to. 
And so anyway, finally, the week of the solstice, we'll be going to the visionary to help us to shape how we're going to take this energy, the big fish that we finally get with the help of the trickster, these big fish energies into the death arrow that is going to go into the fire, as well as some information about preparing a life arrow. And the life arrow is going to get planted in an earth ritual at dawn after the solstice fire. Winter or summer, doesn't matter. It's just dawn of the next day after your ritual. And so there's, there's uh, preparing your power object to go into the fire, preparing your power object to plant, the life arrow. Um, and there's the new story that we're, you're wanting to move your energy into. And that new story, there's an invitation to both write it and create a big, collage wonderful, vibrant image of it. And then some guidance for a very, very simple earth ritual. And compared to all of this getting ready for the fire, it's, it's really quite simple. And the kind of thing you can do first thing at sunrise. <laughs> so... So let's move into what the warrior has to say for us this week. So we have our stories all moving around and sifting through from all of these questions and journeys that we've done at the behest of the healer and death, actually. Death was very helpful last week. And so the the warrior is now guiding us to sort through these stories, really keeping uh, tabs on yourself so that you stay in curiosity and compassion for yourself. And so as we've been stirring and now you begin to sift and in this, we're looking to begin to see your deep own kind of inner logic that starts to surface in these stories. The warrior says rediscovering your deep inner logic will allow us to track what we are really hunting. In other words, even the deep inner logic isn't what's getting thrown in the fire. And that's the thing I think you need need to keep being patient with is just trust the steps and let these teachers get you to where they're trying to get you for this fire and so as i said so the warrior said rediscovering your deep inner logic will allow us to track what we are really hunting only changes made at the level of this deep inner logic will allow us to make the real changes to stories that we tell with our lives So the warrior um, asks us to look carefully at our actions and realistically at our actions. Again, with curiosity and compassion and deep honesty. Not just the big ones, the big actions you do on purpose, but all the actions, the actions that literally fill your day. And so I personally probably would get a great big old piece of paper and just start scribbling. So the warrior is asking us to look at the large actions that we do with intention and on purpose each day and look at the small ones that we do with intention and on purpose. Look at the actions that you don't admit that you do and look at the actions that you admit to yourself that you do, but you lie about to others. Look at the actions that you are proud of and look at the actions that matter so much to you that you would do them even if no one ever noticed. Look at all the actions that fill your day. This is not a comprehensive list. The whole point is just to look. Look at what you lie to yourself about. Look at what you lie to others about. Look at what you're really proud of and acknowledge these things as well. Look at all the actions, again, with curiosity and compassion and just get them all out there. What do you fill your life with? And the reason for this is because Warrior reminds us that all of our actions are drawing from drawing, taking energy from our inner fire. Every single one of them. Whether that action is something that is uh, healing in our life or hurtful in our life to us, whether that action is intentional and conscious or the action is unconscious. Regardless, warrior is reminding us they all take from the inner fire. Okay, so once you've got your your actions that fill your day, and seriously, make a list or you're not going to be able to do this. So you've, you've got this list of these are the actions that fill my day. 
day after day. Okay. And then the warrior says to look at each action and ask yourself these questions. What does that action give back to you? If anything, I mean, the answer may be nothing for a lot of these things, right? Does it actually circle back in some sustainable way? Does it bounce back? You know, like you drop the stone into the pond and it ripples out and it hits the shore somewhere that you can't see and it ripples back. Or does it just disperse? The energy goes out and nothing comes back. And so ask yourself with each action, question number three is where does your fire go? You know, so first, does it give back? Number two, how? In what way, if it does? And in what way, if it doesn't? Right? What does it look like? You could draw little pictures beside the things on your list, right? Number three, where does your fire go? So think about this. Through my actions, where is my fire going? In other words, where is my fire going when I take the time to cook a wonderful new meal for my family, even if the meal's kind of a fail, right? Or let's say it's fabulous. Where is my fire going when I end up diving into hours on the computer doing things that are distraction? Where does my fire go when I lie around in my depression? Where does my fire go when I am having the weekend I get to spend with my child? Whatever, whatever the reality of your life is, you're just asking these questions about how these actions draw from your fire and whether or not your fire and where does your fire go, right? What's happening? And ultimately, with these things, what does it create? Where does your fire go? Does any of it circle back to you? And what does your fire create? What are you creating with your actions? And this is all just raising your awareness around your actions. So you can certainly journey and ask to be shown this. I might do that, especially if I was getting really serious about this and really had a big long list. I might just go into the journey and ask to be shown images of how this action is affecting my fire because all of this is about watching the flow of energy. And for me, that's easiest to just go into the journey and ask him to show me. So you're welcome to do that if you know how to journey, but you don't have to. So anyway, so you, you're looking at the actions, um, how your actions move your inner fire out of your life and potentially back into it or into things that get created in the world. And then ask yourself, um, about that so you've got that list so you've got your list now and you've got your understanding about these actions and how they're moving the energy of your fire your inner fire in the world so the next thing we're looking at is where the actions um, cultivate your inner fire they're sustainable they circle back in some way maybe they bounce back in some way maybe they create things in the world that you value So where these actions are essentially aligned with your purpose or aligned in a sustainable way with your inner fire or aligned with what you value, then you basically continue doing them and they're no longer part of our preparation. You're good to go there. That's doing what it's supposed to be doing. So these things you could maybe like highlight all those in yellow and give yourself a gold star because that – That's good. Now, what we're looking at is all of the other actions and the relationships with your inner fire. So it might be a right action, but you might be doing it in such a way that it's really putting your inner fire out. It's just draining you completely. So that would be something where we're now we're looking, how would that change? You might be doing something that draws well um, from your fire and the energy ultimately circles back to you. But it's not actually creating anything that, you, and you want it to be creating. I mean, some things we do create rest, <laughs> create restoration, you know, so there's not a thing. So be careful with that. Anyway, moving on. You get my point. Um, 
so for the things that remain on the active list here, things where things still need to change, now you're going to look at what remains on your list and ask, what, um, sorry, so you're looking at what needs to change so that your actions in life tend your inner fire of humanity, sovereignty, and empowerment. Okay, so the warrior asks us then what needs to be. In other words, looking at all of these actions, what actions are needed to tend your fire? What actions are needed so that what you are doing is coming out of your sovereignty? Or what you are doing is coming from your humanity? So in this, in the list of the actions you're taking that still need work, you're going to now become more discerning with them. You're starting to look at why aren't they working? So in other words, I'm doing this great healing practice, let's say, um, but it's totally putting out my inner flame, my inner fire, because I'm ignoring my own personal physical sovereignty in this practice, I'll take a session whenever I can. I'm not holding clear boundaries around my time or my energy. I'm way over involved in my clients' problems and trying to do the healing for them. And so the way in which I'm approaching this very good work is draining my fire. And so this is an action that needs to start coming from sovereignty, from a place of true clarity of my limits and my boundaries and my sovereign right to make healthy choices for myself. You see what I mean? So now you're looking at these things that are still on the active list for the fire and looking at how what needs to shift here in my dynamic with these actions and the stories that drive these actions to move this into something that is an expression of sovereignty or an expression of my humanity. Okay. And so that's just starting to think differently about what's still on your list. Because obviously what's still on your list is kind of problematic. All right. So now, given that, you're prepared to descend to the next layer that warrior is asking us to go into. I know, I know, I know, I get it. It's like, really? I said the same thing on the journey. Honestly, really? There's another layer? Well, you know, just to be honest, um, there's at least one more. <laughs> so, okay, so we've got things that are active on our list and we've started to stir our sense of them again by looking at them relative to sovereignty and humanity and power, basically. But we already know they're about power. Okay. Now, the warrior is asking us to have the courage and the persistence to dig into the next layer by facing the fears that arise when we start looking at actually changing these things, these, the, the things that are still on our active list. Okay, so this is a little bit of an imagination exercise that warrior is giving you. Um, Because with this list, you're now starting to get clear as you look at the whole sovereignty and humanity. You're looking at what of my everyday common actions need to end. And what of my everyday common actions must begin. Right? So now we're starting to get like, oh, crap. These are the things that are going to have to start to change. Right? Okay. So with that sense of... Actions that must end and actions that must begin, Warriors is asking us to face our fears about that, okay? So imagine what you are afraid would happen if you begin number one that needs to begin. Just write down what that fear is. What are you afraid? What's the story that arises out of that? What are you afraid would happen? Okay, great. Move on to number two on the list. What are you afraid would happen if you begin doing number two in your life? So, for example, if I really began the Qigong practice I should be doing right now to maintain the things I really want in my life, I'm afraid that I would not be able 
to manage just in the energy necessary to manage the practice, the healing practice, the teachings here at Last Mass Center that are developing, which right now are moving things into online teaching, and the cycle teachings and the development of that community, that I would just fail to show up in something there because if I actually took the time out to do my practice, I wouldn't have time for these things. That's my story. You see what I mean? So it's something that I, I'm sure is on my actions that must begin list. And that's my story, is, is I'll fail somewhere else in my life if I do that. And now, of course, the deeper story would be if I did the practice, I would do all of these things better, more efficiently, with greater grace, with greater kindness in my heart, etc. But that doesn't matter. This other story is running the show that I will not have time and I will fail. Not that failure is the big deal. It's more the um, sense of letting people down. Right, so that's me. We're massaging this story. What am I really afraid of? Am I afraid of failing? No, not really. I'm really afraid of letting down people that I have made commitments to, be it a client who has a commitment to have a session or a student who has a commitment to get an answer to a question that's coming up because they're doing my teachings. You know, these are people I have arrangements with. They're agreements and they're good agreements. But I need to be able to show up for them. That's the story. See what I mean? Okay, so this is what you're going to be doing with your list of what must end, what must begin. So what are you afraid would happen if you begin each one? What's the little story that emerges? What, and then the same thing with the things that need to end. What are you afraid would happen if you ended the things you know you need to end? So for some people, you know, um, I have a student who recently ended the job that she knows because it's a job job that is going to pay her. Because she needs to direct that time and energy into her healing practice. It's a scary thing to do. And so what are the fears that arise? What's the story that she that kick, gets kicked up as soon as she ends the regular paying job and commits to the, ah, holy crap, healing practice, right? Okay, so with that list of these little fear stories that have arisen around your lists, right? Looking at each story... What must you love more fiercely to transform that fear? So my little fear story was about if I do the Qigong practice, take the time to do the Qigong I need to do for me, that I will not be able to show up in a good way for the commitments that I've made to other people in my life, in the other facets of my life. And so the question is, what must I love more fiercely to transform that fear? That fear that I won't be able – well, there's two fears there. There's the fear that I won't have time. That's just a fear. I don't know that for a fact. And there's the fear that um, I won't be able to show up. There's two fears there. And so I would need to look – so there's – in other words, there's two frightened Christinas in that story that I need to love more fiercely. And what the warrior is asking us to do is now maybe to journey or just to tune more deeply in in a felt sense, which I honestly can't do right now while I'm giving you this radio show, <laughs> to, to drop deeply enough to know what does that fearful self need? Am I able to love her fiercely enough right, for that fear to release and the me that wants to step into that more Qigong practice can actually do that on a daily basis? And so let's say I could figure that out, right? And then I would look at what must I do each day, large or small, to transform that fear. So a small thing I would need to do most likely is set an alarm for the time I want to stop doing whatever I'm doing and go do the practice, right? And the big thing I would do is to actually not just turn off the alarm and keep working, but to get out of my chair, you know, get off my ass and go do it. That's the big thing, to really do the thing. Okay, so... Remembering that you are already empowered. You are already sovereign. You are already able to do these things. Can you simply love these aspects of yourself more fiercely now that you've identified them and take these actions to transform that fear effectively? If you feel that you can, then those things also move off your list. Because it means now that you've identified the real fear 
found who in you is afraid and just love the crap out of them. Are you and that aspect of yourself really the energy that you need to take the actions to either end the thing you're supposed to be ending or begin the thing you're supposed to be beginning? And if you can, doesn't need to go in the fire. You've actually transformed it. You will or you will have transformed it by continuing to love the self and taking the actions. And so your list is focusing You know, as we're sifting, we're getting more and more focused. We're dropping down deeper and deeper and deeper into our story logic. And so now we've got our refined list. With the facing the fear phase, we've narrowed down our what actions must end and what actions must begin list. Right? So we've narrowed that down with the facing fears. Now we're looking at the actions that need to start or stop to tend your inner fire that we cannot simply transform the fear through loving them right now and that they, these actions need to be worked at the next level. These things will result in the energies you're beginning to take that will end up getting sacrificed at the fire. We are actually getting there, I promise. Okay. All right, so look at all that you have seen about what is truly motivating your actions, large and small, in your day. Because as you've sifted down through layers, I am sure you have started to notice themes. So a theme for me would be uh, issues around integrity and once I've made an agreement, wanting to show up for people, right? That's a theme that would show up all over the place were I to be doing this um, preparation. There would be actions that needed to end so that I could stand more clearly in my integrity and there would be actions that would need to begin so that I can be in a truer expression of my integrity at this time. And I am sure there would be things that would make it all the way down to this level, past the just needing to love yourself more and take new actions, past that down to this level where the warrior is starting to really look at this is what we're hunting. So this whole phase with sifting with the warrior is about hunting, tracking, moving down deeper and deeper into the forest of who you are to find what we're really looking for. And so we're really dialing in here on where you choose not to use your sovereignty and your power, no matter what you do to try to change it. Right. So so it's also possible that now that you're at this level, you're starting to get at things you've been trying to get at for a while, probably in some ways tried to do something but but failed because it didn't get down quite deep enough, um, potentially things that you're trying desperately to avoid. <laughs> That's always possible. Okay. So now it's time to start journeying. So about each of these things that still remains on your list, this is the things I need to stop doing things I need to start doing that I cannot simply transform by facing my fear and loving the frightened one. Okay, that's this list. So now you're going to be journeying about each of these actions. So the action is either something to start or stop, right? So we're just going to call them actions to be simple here. I mean, it is a podcast for goodness sakes. All right, so actions. And these actions are, of course, got related stories going with them because you just talked about all these little fear stories, right? So now you want to ask to be shown the shadow shadow pattern that the you who's in that little story, that little fear story, is standing in, right? Because in just on the level before, you went through what you were afraid would happen if you started to stop it. So you've got your little fear story. So you know there's a little you standing in that fear story who's afraid. And so you're going to journey now and ask the warrior to show you the pattern that that little person in that fear story is standing in. And you've got four choices. So you've got four options. It's multiple choice. And it's only going to – it's not necessarily one of them. They could be standing in more than one place. But basically, they are the victim. So that little you standing in the fear story is, is standing in unclaimed power. That there's a victim-y vibe going on and that you are – that little fear person is likely blaming other people, other systems, other organizations, past events, whatever, the world. But there is – the blame is being pushed out because responsibility is unclaimed and the power is unclaimed. So it's a victim-y place, right? 
like uh, so a really classic one is you're you're a victim of your empathic sensitivities that could be a typical kind of way that the victimy pattern can show up even when people are endeavoring to know their skills and use them okay um myself included so so then uh pattern number two could be the disciple and the disciple looks to other people or things to project their power onto. So they don't really have to own their power and do it themselves. Other systems. Um, so a disciple thing someone did recently was I was in an email communication with them following up from a session to help them sort out this, this relationship that had just blown up. And I was trying to see at a distance via email – did this person truly understand why their partner was so angry the ultimatum had come down and so frustrated and so ready to give up, etc.? And trying to understand if this person understood that. And so I asked the person a number of questions to see if they understood their partner's perspective. Well, it's emails and there's always miscommunication in email. The person just forwarded the questions to their partner. As if I was saying this person didn't understand these things. And so they were using my power as the practitioner to sort of say, see, see, I told you so to their partner. So it's a, it kind of a gross misuse, obviously, of the communication. But it's a really simple, small, supposedly small, but disciple thing to do. Using the power of someone else, projecting your power onto them and then using it through them versus owning your own power. Pattern number three that you could find with these little scared selves in the stories would be a rebel who's simply rebelling against things in a way that's misdirecting your power. So it's not really manifesting anything new or creating anything new. Rebellion as an aspect of transformation is it's not a bad thing. That's not what I'm saying. But identifying here in the role of rebel in the shadow is a way of naming the act of misdirecting your power. So you're using your power all over the place, but it's utterly misdirected from what it is that you're actually wanting to manifest and create. And the fourth pattern that you would be looking for here in these um, fearful self stories is the invisible self. The one who is not using your power or your gifts. That idea that if I don't use my power, I won't abuse it, <laughs> right? Which is, of course, an abuse of power. Okay, so this is the sifting and the sifting and the sifting again from the warrior. And all the warrior is trying to do is take you to a place where you can see the shadow pattern playing out, victim, disciple, rebel, or invisible one. So the shadow pattern being played out by the fearful selves that rise up, that are in the stories that rise up when you look at the actions to begin and the actions to end so that you will be able to consistently tend your inner fire of sovereignty, empowerment, and humanity. Okay, so these stories are going to be leading us to these inner characters, these inner characters that are now in these shadowy patterns. And this is where we're trying to get so that we can open up our heart to a new story um, that we must uh, embody within ourselves and make these changes within ourselves, our own inner new story, before we can hope to operate in the world in a way that begins to affect change in that outer story. And so in part three next week, the teacher leader will guide us in the next steps to continue to transform these inner characters that we've just identified here with the warrior. And so for those of you that are still hanging in here with me and that are going to persist and prevail um, going forward with this preparation, um, like I said, just trust the teachers. Just do what they're asking you to do. With a warrior, work on hunting for what it is that you really are looking at, letting, letting things go off your list as the warrior showed you to do and focus in and journey clearly about these um, inner characters that we're looking for because it's these characters that will now draw into the work next week with the teacher leader.
So I want to give thanks to all of you. Give thanks to your ancestors and to all of those ancestral helping spirits that gather around us, to the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all. 